Welcome to Fearsome Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 234, another update episode. Yeah, we're cranking out these update episodes, which I'm really excited about. And uh, to be honest, uh, before you ask me, uh, so how's it going? Uh, one of the reasons I'm excited about more update videos is I finally feel like I'm catching my groove again with reselling. That I'm getting out there, I'm sourcing, and that that's kind of breathed a little bit of life back into uh, the reselling fire Right. Uh, because for a while there, I, I didn't have an opportunity to, to source. It was like a couple of months of just like trickle sourcing, you know, just here and there, one or two items. And, you know, it just it kind of crushes your spirit a little bit. Yeah. But I can see you're, you're up at it again. Like on social media, it's been awesome watching like your stories and your posts, you know, because it's pure as a podcast on there. Right. So it, when you're on there, like it motivates me. So yeah. it's been it's been good. I mean, I can tell. Like, you know, your latest post on Saturday with you and the bow and, and the beard and yeah. you're like, it seemed like you had a good time. So I'm sure you're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, no, it was definitely a lot of fun. So uh, we're super glad that you guys are here. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much. Please go over and give us a uh, a, a review on iTunes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, which we're dropping a lot more YouTubes. So uh, hopefully more of you are finding us on YouTube. Uh, so make sure to hit the like and subscribe button and then the bell notification. You got to do the bell notification too, because if you just hit subscribe, it won't tell you that uh, we've dropped any new content and make sure to hit that like and comment below. And we've got a question for you today. Uh, we've had we've talked about this a little bit in the past. But we've had more and more people uh, mention that that Facebook Marketplace seems to be the uh, not just up and coming, but maybe a, a replacement for a dominant force, not just Craigslist, but maybe even like eBay and some other uh, platforms, Etsy and stuff. It seems like Facebook. What do you guys think? Do you think do you think Facebook Marketplace has a, a opportunity, or is it moving in the direction that it's going to end up uh, kind of becoming a a monolithic force in the reselling world, uh, or is it just you know just another option? Let us know below. Uh, we'd like to to hear what you guys think. All right. So can I ask you now? How are things going? Yeah. Um, so I've got the <laughs> fire back. In, so um, no, I mean things have been pretty good. Um, f for me, I've, I've been able to go to some garage sales and, uh, to some swap meets I mentioned before wanting to do swap meets more often. And it's been really good because like I said, the negotiating has been really helpful at swap meets, just back and forth with people and being willing to walk away with stuff. Cause it kind of hardens. Cause sometimes you get your, your heart set on an item and you say like, I, I, I'm not going to be able to make profit on this if I don't pick it up for, you know, whatever it is, $12 is the max I can spend. And they come at you with 20 and you're like, no, I can do 10. And th then they go to 15 and you're like, I I 10, 10 is what I can do. And they refuse to go below 15. So I, okay, 12, 12 is what I can do. And they say, no, you can easily say like, man, I really want this item though. And, and you go up to the 15 and you end up barely breaking even or just making a little bit of money. Um, and being, learning to stick to your guns, and being able to say, okay, see you later. And then walk away. The more you do that, the better it is because because if you're the more often you're able to walk away from even something that maybe was 10, 15 dollars profit because you're not going to be able to get the 20 or 30 dollars profit, the better off you're going to be because you're not going to have inventory just full of, of nonsense and um, you're not going to get stuck with you know lower profits and it hardens you and you're willing to say no. And you'd be surprised at how many times it works, how many times you're able to get them down to that number. Um, if you don't have that fear of losing it, right? That fear of loss. It's like, it's like dating. Yeah. You've got to give the fear on them, right? Like they have to have the dread. They have to have the, oh no, is he going to walk away? You know? It's so funny. It's 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 kind of a thing. So no, that's been good. And uh, yeah, so my most recent garage sales, I um, I, I picked up some, a lot of different things. Um, was pretty, pretty successful. 
Um, one of the things that I kind of look for, and it's a hard market to get into. I, I don't recommend this for anybody unless it's, you're passionate about it. And I'm not passionate about it, but I've, I've kind of gotten into it a little bit is like manga. And um, for me, it, you've got to be so careful of getting like the right kinds of sets. I've talked in the past in, in one of our uh, what sold videos that you can even sell like mixed, right? Like you might have number one, number three, number 17 and number 21, and those will still sell. Uh, but it's got to be, they've got to be the right ones. And my kind of rule of thumb is if it, if they're a mixed lot like that, if it's not like a complete set of a series, I try not to spend more than 50 cents to a dollar max. 50 mm. cents is where I feel most comfortable. And sure enough, there was somebody who had like 10 of them and I was able to talk them down to 50 cents a piece, $5 walked away. And it's nice because some of them, if I can't lot them together and sell them for like the 30, $40 for the lot, if I end up having to sell them individually, they're going to sell for two to $3 plus shipping. So it, there's still profit there and they're, they don't take up a lot of space. Uh, but it, it's kind of nice seeing like that I've set this number and I don't find it all the time, but by having that number in my head, 50 cents, and I heard, um, who was it? Um, Prime Time Treasure Hunter. Mm -hmm. He made that comment of like with, with comic books, when he buys in, oh, yeah. in lots, he's like, I won't buy, like that. if somebody contacts yes. me, I'm not going to buy mm -hmm. it unless I can get them at 10 cents a piece or whatever it is. And sometimes you can have that fear of, Oh man, like this is a good lot, but they want 30 cents a piece. It's that FOMO. Yeah. But if you've got the set and you're like, no, another one's going to come around. Cause I think that's the hard part is we, we think that we think we're never going to see this again. There's not going to be more, but the more you're out there, the more you're like, no, there's, there's, there's definitely going to be more. So I got that. And then the, my favorite thing that I was able to pick up today at some, uh, uh, we're recording a little early, but I, I was at a swap meet this weekend and uh, I picked up well, first before the swap meet at a garage sale, I picked up a, uh, an archery set. So it was a recurve bow. And I've actually been looking at possibly getting a recurve bow for myself. Uh, they're a little bit less expensive than compound bows. Um, there's, they're less mechanical. Um, people don't use them as much for hunting, but they're fun for shooting and target practice and that kind of stuff. And they're not super expensive. You can get a decent recurve bow for like $120 on Amazon. But then once you add in the leather arm guard and then the, the glove and the quiver and the arrows, it all starts to add up in like a nicer string. Well, this guy had all that stuff. He had the recurve bow and he had a whole bunch of arrows and a nice quiver and the arm guard and all of this stuff in an upgraded string. And brand new, this stuff was probably $350 plus. So you knew what was in front of you. I Luckily, I had already looked up that kind of stuff in the past. Yeah. Okay. So I knew. That helps a lot. Because I've seen that stuff before. Now, I have a buddy of mine that does hunting. And so I'll just send him pictures. But usually Is it it's worth it. Yeah. No, usually he's like, can you buy them for me? For right. Me. Once I, so it's fine, which I love buying because he always hooks me up. But. That's awesome that you already knew what you were walking into. Yeah, no, so it helped knowing like this is at least $350 new for all of this stuff, uh, which isn't a lot for bow because again, compound bows for one bow, just the bow, you, you're probably spending five to five hundred to $1,000. So $300, $350 for all of this stuff isn't like a lot, uh, but this guy sold this to me, the whole set for $80. Oh my. And so my thought is I'm going to use this. I'm going to set it up and I'm just going to shoot and I'm going to set, uh, if, I, if I love it and I fall in love with it, I'll keep it. Uh, but if I'm, you know, shooting for the next couple of weeks and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, this isn't for me. Um, in the meantime, I'm just going to list it on on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, offer up all of those things for probably about 250 and I might take an offer of 200 So I'm still going to make money, $120 potential profit or more, or I'm going to have a lot of fun and I just saved a ton of money. So and then while I was at the swap meet, I picked up an old vintage compound bow, which again, not a ton of money in this, but I was able to pick it up for 10 bucks. 
Nice. Right. And and bear, even if I sold it for parts on eBay, I, I could probably sell it for like $60. So I, I've never bought a bow before and I bought two in one day. So I know. Crazy. I didn't know there's a side of you because I have friends that are hunters mm. and I haven't hunted probably since my college days. And I love bow hunting. I mean, I love the silence of it. Mm. And, you know, you got to be all stealthy and stuff like that. And, and, uh, I didn't know that about it. There's always this new side of Mike that I find pretty much every other episode. I'm a, I'm a, a mysterious man. A Renaissance man. That's right. So, all right. Well, nice. So it's it's funny because we both went to garage this morning, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. But we still scored, right? We still scored. Now, I crazy stimulus sales. Now, we have a what sold video that just dropped about our stimulus sales. It's actually like super stimulus sales. Like, we, I mean, it was good money, great bolus to watch. If you have not got that video, make sure to go back and watch the video. Hit that thumbs up, but very well worth it because some of the things on there you might not have thought about. I didn't think about until I sourced them. And here's the thing about similar sales. It's one of those things that in reselling, especially when you're full-time, there are these lulls. And during the lulls, you're like listing, 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 listing. And you begin to have these doubts like, I, I, is this going to end? Like, am I going to be able to do this forever? Like, is this is this pretty much the way it's going to be like, there's going to be no more sales. Like things are going to be dead. And, and you actually, and if you know what I'm talking about, comment below, because you have those moments where you list like two to 300 items, like within several days and you only get a handful of sales or you get that one day where it's one sale. Like you see your chart and it's like, you know, $400 day, $500, $1,000 day, $800 day. And then it's 30 bucks. You're like, what is like, okay, maybe I need to get out of this. Or you're an eBay seller and you regret the fact that you got out of Amazon because you hated jumping through those hoops. And so all of January and a lot of February, I mean, I did rebuild my store and sales were hot and things were good, but I started having lows again and I started doubting what I was doing. But I got to tell you, once the stimulus checks hit, those sales did not stop. I mean, it was it was so crazy. I had mentioned this on the, our other update episode that I wasn't going to go to L.A. and do a road trip of sourcing because I wanted to make sure I was around and I was triggering that algorithm by shipping stuff as soon as possible. And it was well worth it. Well worth it. Now, here's some interesting things that I've noticed. One is I posted on Instagram and I said, is a conspiracy that the faster you ship, the more sales you get? And at first it went to everybody thought it was conspiracy. And then overwhelmingly everybody thought, no, it's not conspiracy. And I, I truly believe it's not conspiracy. I think something happens where eBay will not give you more than you can handle. So if you're slow to shipping some items, then it, they're not going to push a lot of other items on the search. I don't understand how it all works, but I do know is that usually when I, when I ship right away, when I print those labels, I'll have sales that come through right after. The second thing is, Pretty much by four o'clock, my sales would be done, which was really strange. It felt like it was a work day, like four o'clock's done. I don't have to pack anymore. Everything's, you know, moving on. And I will just keep listening through the night, hoping that next day I'll have sales. But if you have not been listening, I know this is dropping on Wednesday and I think there's still one more weekend left, maybe, you know, because it's, it, I don't know how it's being distributed, but I know it's staggered and. Some people had issues, you know, with their banking information and well, and taxes. You know, people are starting to get tax money back too. So oh, that is true. And the tax deadline has been pushed back. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's like mid-May or something like that, which is crazy. Uh, but yeah, so it's a perfect storm to get more sales. Now, this this other story, this is kind of, go, or is it okay if I go into random stories kind of okay. a little bit? Hey, before I do that, though, I do want to talk about one of our newest sponsors, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Yeah. I can't tell you how grateful I am, first of all, for everybody that's used our link below and purchased from them. And I'm pretty sure everyone that purchased for them is grateful that they did. Not only because you guys got to support us, but you got a great product. And I'm telling you, it's awesome. I love when I get that huge 700 square foot, four foot roll at my door. And it's so easy to package those large items. And then it's just, it's never ending for a moment until yeah. it ends. And we just bought, you know, some, uh, some of the smaller rolls, right? Like the, the 12 inch comes in a two pack and it's like, 350 square foot or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So so you can get the really big rolls, you can get the smaller rolls, so it's space dependent, what kind of items you're shipping. They've got a huge inventory and their prices are are great and they're super fast. So yeah, use the link that we have in our in our description because uh you know, it'll let them know that we sent you and you're going to save money going to this link as opposed to buying it on Amazon. So there you go. Yeah, and they've they've contacted us and they're grateful for our collaboration. By the way, that's very big for me. The fact that I can directly message them and they get back to me like we have ongoing communication. So it's not just a brand that we're out there just just pushing and saying, hey, this is a good brand. And we never talk to the people that are behind it. This is like, you know, small business. It's becoming a larger business because they're able to do same day, next day shipping. But definitely support AmericanBubbleBoy.com in the link below. All right. So a little bit of story time. Are you OK with this? Yeah, we need to have a. Uh Sound effects for story time. Oh, we do. There's a there's a certain charmer one time would have like a the throwback sound, like the memory mm -hmm. sound. Maybe we need yeah. to have and that. then like we could like have clouds and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna buy like an actual soundboard that has uh like sound effects. And I wanna go over the top because you know, there's the the shock jock radio shows where it's like every two seconds it's like cowbell and then someone laughing and then like a meme sound. I don't wanna get over the well, top, if but if we uh, had the money to hire somebody, that would happen. Like, I, we I, I could push the buttons. You know, but uh, I, again, I don't want it to be obnoxious. So, uh, so maybe let us know in the comments below how many how many sound effects do you want? Like, what's the right number of sound effects for your podcast? As long as they're they're not cheesy, you know what cheesy is. Oh, but cheesy is kind of good. Like, right? Like, like you get the funny meme ones where it's like uh, no, no, Dwayne no, no, the Rock Johnson saying like, "It doesn't matter what you think," and like we play that every time. Like <laughs> we're talking about a. a garage sale and someone's like yeah they wanted 30 dollars for this and they thought it was worth this but and you hit it it doesn't matter what you like i think that'd be pretty funny all right all right i was thinking of some other means but uh okay all right anyways we don't need to go into all those all right so this is in the latest youtube video that i dropped this past saturday uh i had a huge a haul from another reseller, but I wanted to give some of the background behind it because the YouTube video wasn't able to tell the whole thing. And that video that I shot was made after the fact, like I wasn't planning on dropping that video because I didn't think things would go the way they did. So I always say this network communicate, you know, it's always, to me, it, it's better to have community to competition. And so this is a good friend of mine, uh, Fernando. Uh, and, uh, we met, I would say like three, three years. No, maybe it's maybe it's been four years ago, four years ago. And the way that we met was I was out doing garage sales and I was in his neighborhood. So we live within, you know, five square miles of each other, not super far. And 
what ended up happening is I went to this garage sale of his and he had his garage open like a quarter open, you know, and I could see like underneath there's a bunch of inventory right there. Right. But he was just only, only selling stuff that was outside. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sourcing stuff. I don't know. He's a reseller. Right. And then, you know, this is typical me. I'm like, hey, so um, seems like you got other stuff. You want to sell some other stuff? And he's like, yeah, I got a few things in the garage. Like, hey, uh, do you mind if we look? And he, he kind of gave me this look like, what? Okay. And so we went inside his garage and he had like a bunch of vintage stuff and, and everything I like to sell too. And so we made a deal and he made, he made me a good deal. And everything I bought from him sold like within two months for a nice profit. So then uh, I forget, we ran into each other again because our kids ended up going to the same school. Mm. And then we just kept running into each other. And then we just started just hanging out. And, and I think there's a video out there, too, that I've done with Latin Pickers and him. We went out to eat and everything. And uh, what was interesting this time around is that, you know, I go I went over his house for last Halloween, you know, had dinner with the family. I mean, we're, we're good friends. And he contacts me and he's like, hey, I, I got some Lego stuff. Lego's my, not my thing. I'm moving. Would you be interested? Right. Just Legos. That's all he's texting me about. Go to his house. He has his Legos. And then I'm like, hey, do you have anything else? He's like, you're going to make your way into the garage, aren't you? You're going to go to the garage again. I'm like, hey, I'm just asking. You're moving. I see moving boxes. And sure enough, back in the garage. So it went from Legos that I dropped $30 for that I'm going to make a nice profit on. Then after that, it went to his garage. I bought 30-something vintage ass. Check out the YouTube video. I just bought all kinds of stuff. So I went from spending $30 to spending at least $680 for everything. Now, in the YouTube video, I say $680. I think there's a few other sales that I made. I just can't remember at the moment when I was making the video. He swears it was more than $680. I, I can't remember. But it was a nice profit. Now, I say this in the YouTube video too. Sometimes, actually, we got we get comments every once in a while. It's like, hey, don't you feel like you took advantage of the other person? right? Don't you feel that you lowballed them? And here's the thing. I made an effort on that YouTube video to show Fernando saying, hey, it was good for both of us. And and this is why. And for him, one of the reasons he'll share in the video is is because the cost of, of traveling and moving all that stuff. But uh, something when I was texting him, I texted him and said, hey, I want to let you know I'm really grateful for the deal that we made. You know, really appreciate you working with me. And he messaged me back. He's like, listen, all good. You actually helped me out. Mm. You gave me a good cash flow that I needed at the moment. I'm moving. You know, it's nice to get that extra cash, you know, to help with a lot of expenses. And, you know, there's probably more. And actually, he hit me up uh, today earlier. And he's like, hey, I got all these cleats here. I'll give them to you. He's <laughs> like, you want them? I'm like, sure. Is there an expiration? Like, do I have to be there in two hours or can I just pick them tomorrow? He's like, nope, get them now or they're not free. And I'm, he's like messing around. And, and here's the thing. We're good friends. It worked out. We made a, a sweet deal. He He ended up with the money he needed. I ended up getting the profitable items that I was looking for and we're all good. And I'm so I'm going to go out. I'll probably make a video when I go out and visit a bunch. Of, I know a lot of people in Utah, so I'll, I'll go visit him. I, there's a few other people I know there and go sourcing, but always be willing to network. I mean, it's going to be very profitable to see how profitable it is. You should check out the YouTube video. It's it's a lot of stuff I was able to get in that hall. And uh, yeah, unexpected unexpected didn't even know i was going to be dropping that money sourcing that much item is that much inventory and uh it was great so good all right how about you, you got some random stories 
Yeah. So um, Friday, there was a garage sale in the neighborhood that I'm in. And it was, you know, obviously garage sales are early morning. I'm working. Uh, but because I'm doing the working from home, essentially, uh, between classes, I had like a 50 minute break and I made sure to start work like an hour early so I can get everything ready and done and stuff so that I could take that 50 minute break between classes. And instead of grading and sending emails, all that stuff is already done. So I drove to this garage sale. So I get there and I'm looking around. There's a few things and and they're kind of wanting high prices on stuff. I, I asked about a few items and it was just like, man, well, I found a, a pretty cool. What, what's the brand? They, the, the, uh, the needle point, the search, the Busilla. Busilla, yeah. So I found one of those and it, it was new, unopened, and I checked comps and there was one that sold for like $75 and one that sold nice. for like 49 And I'm like, all right, this is cool. So I, I, I grabbed like a, my typical fashion, like five or six items together, like how much for these? And she starts giving me like individual prices on everything and everything was pretty high except for that, which was only $5. Okay. So I'm trying still to like- Still kind of high though. Still high, yeah, for sure. But I'm for trying- garage sale. So I'm trying to like- get the price down on everything and to bundle. And it's like, no, no, no. So I'm like, okay, if uh, the prices were going to be bad for everything, except for this, I, I can make money on this. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get this in. And I give her a $5 bill out of my, my wallet. And there's actually like two people. It's like a middle the lady was like the middleman. So she kept saying like walking over to the lady with the, with the money in her fanny pack. So she's walking over like how much for this stuff. So she comes back. And so I, I say, I want this for five. So I, I pull out my wallet, hand her a $5 bill. And I kind of, you know, I'm trying to be more like social and like open and friendly with people. So I kind of jokingly say like, yeah, it looks like my son got a hold of this one. Cause there was, I don't even know what size to say it was like, like, like a smaller than a, than a, a small paperclip like piece off the top. Okay. Still perfectly fine. Serial numbers were there. Wasn't ripped in. Like <laughs> it, it was just like, it looked like a little piece was ripped off the top. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm just being funny. I'm like, looks like my son got a hold of this one. I handed it to her. And so she walks over, she gives it to the other lady and the lady goes, I'm not taking this. There's no way I'm taking this money. Were you committing a felony or something? Like defacing money? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> she, so she walks back, she goes, she's not going to take this. So I walked over and I'm like, are you being serious right now? And she's like, yeah, I'm not, not going to take that. It's, it's, it's a piece of junk or it's Whoa. junky. It's whatever. Right. And I'm like, it's, it's money. Like, so I'm like, fine. So I pull out a 20 instead and I hand her the 20 and so she gets in her thing, she pulls out and one of the, she gives me a 10 and a five and the 10 is like a really sharp crisp. You can tell she just got it from the bank. She goes, see, I'm giving you nice money. And I said, well, I don't care. Is there a name for her? Yeah, yeah. She, she was being a Karen. Um, I, I was like, well, I don't care how nice it is. It's money, right? Like it's, it spins the same. And so I took it and she goes, well, you might be able to like spin that at a, at a fast food or something. And I'm like, I could spend this anywhere because it's currency. And she's like, well, I just am not comfortable with that. There's a certain amount. She just said like, I, was it, was there any white dust on, on that 20? <laughs> just, just checking. Cause anyways. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, and I almost, I was going to keep it and show it on the podcast, but the very next day I go to garage sales and I pull it out again. I'm like, are you all right with this one? And I said, just cause I'm, and the lady's like, yeah, of course. So she took it. No problem. So it was just kind of frustrating because I had never run into somebody who denied money. Now I'd understand if it was like there was marker all over it or if it was like like ripped because I think the rule is like it has to be at least two thirds of, of a bill and, and the serial number has to be all the way there without being ripped off, right? Like there's 
you can you can send in like pretty defaced money and pretty ripped up money. This is not financial advice. No, but you can send that <laughs> stuff to to a bank. You can take it to a bank. They'll exchange it. No problem. Um, the, the five dollar bill I had, like most people wouldn't even notice it was bad. I don't even know if she would have noticed if I hadn't make that comment. Like, looks like my son got a hold of this one. So it was just like pretty obnoxious. And I, I almost wish like part of me is like, you know, what? I should have been more of a jerk and said like, well, you've got it in your hand. I've got the item in my hand. So bye. Right. Because like, what is she going to do? Like call the police because I gave her money and she didn't like it. Like we made a deal. I gave her five bucks. I have the item. So, I mean, part of me was like, I should have just done that. Just walked away and said like, no, you got my money. Like, bye. Uh, but it was it was pretty obnoxious. But then the funny thing, too, is at that same garage sale, um, I hear the guy say while he's there, he's like talking to his wife or somebody else. And he's like, yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to change all the ads on Craigslist so that it just says Saturday and Sunday. That way tomorrow people don't think they're just picking through the leftovers. And I'm like, that's pretty savage because I do. I'll skip the garage sales oh, and say Friday, Saturday, you Sunday. Somewhere you're like, oh, no, I've been here already. Yeah. Or not that I've been there already, but like, so I don't normally get to go to Friday garage sales because yeah. I work. But if I see that a garage sale has already been like uh, for a day, if it's like Friday and Saturday, I'll usually skip that one unless I have a lot of time on my hand. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's like probably just the leftovers. But how many people got up and said, ooh, today's the first day of the sale. It's a Saturday, Saturday only sale or Saturday, Sunday sale. So they go there not knowing. Nope, they were selling yesterday too. So just be aware of that, that like some people will change the ads. Uh, so check, I guess that the tip is check on Friday and double check because, uh, you know, people might be changing their ads Saturday morning. So plan your route out well before Saturday morning. See, and I went to that one the next day, but only because it was five minutes away. It was like on my mm -hmm. way and I still scored a very nice score, but. They, they pulled out new stuff you said, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, that's uh, it's so. Just not a fan of it. Yeah. Now, I I will share real quick. I had a, a situation where I ended up accidentally going to the same garage that I went the week before. Mm. But here's the good thing. So I I bought a camcorder. I shared this in the Instagram story. I bought a camcorder and I paid $4 and the guy didn't have a charger. I went home. I had a charger. It all worked. I sold it uh, without the charger. I just said, hey, it tested and works. I just don't have the charger. And I, I sold it, I think it was for $80 to $100 somewhere. I can't remember. But here's the thing. When I was testing it, it made me sad because I'm seeing a video and it's somebody's Christmas, like a whole family, oh, like man. around the Christmas tree. A and home like, video? Yeah, it was like early 2000s, late 90s. And I'm like, this is sad because for me, if there were ever to be a fire in my place, all my inventory could burn because it's all covered by insurance. Like there's some pieces in there that, you know, would be important. but my mini DV tapes. I mean, I don't even know if you even use mini DV yeah, back I, in the day. But uh, you haven't digitized that stuff yet? I haven't, Man, no. Get it on the cloud. So anyways, so all that, all that, that's the first that I would take with me, mm. right? Because you can't recreate that stuff, right? I had a good friend of mine in his late 20s, his house burned and he lost everything, like all his trophies from high school, their wedding pictures, like everything because there wasn't digital stuff back mm. then, right? So you know, my heart tugged a little bit and I was like, I need to get this back to this guy. The problem is I save everything. Every garage sale I go to, I save just for tracking purposes and, you know, for taxes and all that good stuff in case anything goes down. But I accidentally saved it under an incorrect date and I don't even know which one it was. And I had so many files. I'm like, oh, no. Well, luckily, today when I'm driving, I go to my third garage sale. Oh, yeah, it's where I bought the camcorder. 
And I was like, sweet. And it's at a pretty obvious location. I just remember now. I remember I'm going to go back. and I'm going to return the tape. And I show up and I tell the guy, I'm like, and he was closing up. And I said, hey, listen, I, I'm not here anymore, you know, to buy anything because it seems like you're pretty much done. But I want to let you know, you sold me that camcorder. I have that tape. He's like, oh, that's that's a, that's awesome. Like, hey, uh, you know, bring it by whenever. I'm like, sure. He's like, hey, by the way, do you want you want to make a deal on everything here? And uh, I didn't take him up on the deal because there was no profit. But, you know, it just felt nice to like, no, hey, I can actually take this back and you know by the time this episode drops i've already stopped by the house and dropped off the mini dv tape but uh one of these days i'm gonna do that i'm gonna go <clears throat> sunday late afternoon to a bunch of garage sales and i'm just gonna say how much for everything right because people do that a lot that it seems like especially because yeah you've got to wonder a lot of now that i've been going to the swap meets more often People are getting inventory from somewhere, like cleanouts. Oh yeah. Right. So, so I kind of want to know, like, where where some of these people are getting all this stuff from. Um, and I'm wondering if that's one of the ways is they just buy bulk lots of stuff and then sell mm-hmm. it at at a at a meet. Or I know I have a couple guys that I know that are resellers and they'll go to garage sales and they'll sell for every they'll sell everything that they pick it up at garage sales the next day at the swami for double the price. Mm. So they're doubling their money every single every single weekend. So now they're not full time, they're part time, but that's how they make some of their money. But even still, like swap meets, I feel like when you're at a swap meet, some people have huge booths. I mean, obviously there's like the store booths, mm-hmm. right? But some people just it looks like a garage sale that they've got in front of them on on some. Tarps. Well, some of them are storage storage hunters, and okay. like yeah, whatever they weren't able to offload for good money, they just take to the to the swap meet or junk which is removal, also called right? The, what's that? Or junk removal? Some people will do that. Junk, yes, yes. Actually, I have a good friend of mine's getting into junk removal too. Another part of the country, but we should consider doing that. We should we should get a an open an open trailer and do. Oh, some I, I know I know a family that does that around here, and they they make good money. What are we doing? Let's pure hustle junk remove. You gotta love doing that labor. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Labor's like, good for you though. Okay, but I enjoy my time freedom. But maybe I. Anyways, we got things down the road about some YouTube videos about some of this. All right, um, so. Uh, I had one more thing I wanted to share. Hey, you know, we always talk about family, how family is important, but I got to tell you, I'm enjoying reselling with my son. So my, and I hope my son never hears this podcast and he never does anyways, but you know, I always hate it when kids turn into teenagers and like, they're no longer like cool with you anymore. Right. I, I saw that as a teacher and as administrator for years, like they were awesome with their parents and then something happened. Like, you know, boom and like no longer now with my son, what reselling has allowed us to do is to bond in a different way. Like every Saturday, I remember I'd go sourcing and my youngest one would always want to go with me. But my oldest one would be like, nah, dad, I'm just going to hand back. You know, I don't want to do anything. Now he's like, hey, are we going to the store? Like, are we going? And like, you know, I'm helping him out with stuff. It's kind of like you think about, you know, you watch these sitcoms and these, you know, I'm not a car guy. I love cars. I've owned lowriders. I've owned you know, all different kinds of cars. I've owned import cars before. But I pay people to do work on my car. I don't know how to do the work on that. Except for my 64 Impala. I knew how to do some work on my 263. But it's been a long time. So you watch these and some of the bonding is like, you know, out in the garage, like working mm-hmm. or, or doing construction. Well, my son and I, our bonding is reselling. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, he picked up a camcorder and he, he didn't understand how it worked. He didn't even know where like you charge these things and then there's a power button here. And like, you know, 
what are these tapes? Right. And like, we just picked up a camcorder with a bunch of said probation. And my son's like, Oh, I want to see what this is. And it was, it was police officers, like probation training or mm -hmm. something. So it wasn't that cool, but you know, it's been pretty you awesome. You gotta be careful putting in some VHS. I know, I know. I know, like no, I know. I told them, I said, hopefully we never come across anything crazy, but it was cool because, you know, now all the time, like he'll get an offer. He's like, what do you think about this? Or, you know, oh man, I can't wait to, you know, go sourcing again. It's just, it's been really awesome seeing another avenue. So I encourage you guys, like, if you have family, get your family involved. Now, do I want my son to be reseller? Only if he wants to. Like, I think his gift is journalism. Uh, he's a strong writer. He He's good with data. He, he likes to make his opinion known, which is pretty much most journalism these days. So I think he's going to do all right. Uh, but uh, anyways... That, that was my random story just because it's been really good for the fam. Not only the profit dynamic where my son's not going to make money and buy what he wants, but for the family dynamic, it's been really good. So, all right. It's almost time for our reseller topics, but you know, I got to confess to something that happened with one of our sponsors last week. So I didn't use our sponsor item and I shaved my head with the razor. <laughs> I know this story. And so, Mike, why don't you enlighten our, our audience? What so happened? we use Skull Shaver because Skull Shaver is amazing. It's quick. It's fast. Um, I'm, 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 I love it more and more every single week. Uh, but but one day we're having a podcast here and I'm looking over at Orlando and I, I'm not going to say anything during the podcast, but when we're done, I'm like, you got, a, you got a stripe of hair going down the back of your head. <laughs> Luckily, like, it wasn't on the YouTube. Yeah. Or so maybe it is. It was. Maybe. So it was, uh, it was, it was on the back and, and I'm like, how's that even possible? And you're like, I went all day. I went two days. I think you even said you had like a school event you went to yeah, for your did, kid yeah. and, and you're all, nobody told me. And I'm like, how did you, how, how could you have done that with the skull shaver? And, and you'd use a razor for, you know, you're using something. I else. just wanted to go back to razor and see how it was yeah, to, to compare and <laughs> Yeah, fail. You missed the spot, right? Complete fail. So, uh, so you got it. It doesn't happen with the skull shaver because nope. it gives it a nice circular motion. Yeah, you, you get over get everything. It's head. really hard to miss. Um, so yeah, if if you are uh, uh, bald and beautiful like we are, get yourself a skull shaver. You're gonna love it. You're not gonna regret it. And uh, and maybe I mean, could you possibly? If you're using a razor blade, you might get a little closer. But I, I I've never had anybody think that my everybody thinks that I'm like bicking my head. Right, because I get so close on the skull shaver. So uh, unless you're you're you know the kind of person who likes the using a razor and you that that's part of like a calming thing for you, and you want to save some time, get yourself a skull shaver. You're not going to regret it. Yeah. So go to skullshaver.com and use our code Pure. That's P U R E Pure yeah. to get that discount. Yeah. All right. Also, I didn't mention this on the last podcast, but hey, buy me a coffee.com slash pure hustle. It's a way for you guys to help us out monetarily has been such a amazing, amazing thing for us because now that we're trying to do more YouTube videos, which do take more time than podcasts, honestly, I mean, I spent, you know, probably three to four hours editing my latest YouTube and a podcast takes time. I mean, we record and my cast to, to edit and that takes a couple hours, but when we're both making YouTube videos and then we're making together YouTube videos, it takes a lot of time. So anytime you guys help us out, sign up for that year membership, you know, less than the cost of a dollar per episode and per YouTube video. So five bucks a month for the year definitely helps us out. So if you can go there and sign up and be a member of PHP and hopefully 
we'll have PHP plus down the road. Yeah, there's actually there's a cool thing on uh, on the buy me a coffee where we can like pump content straight into that. So you'll get unique links. So yeah, I think we're going to have some um, some unique links that go there. Maybe some some short like like way down the road. I mean, it depends how much we're able to get. And it might not even be down the road. Like we might it might be small to start with. You know, let us know if you're if you're a Pure Hustle podcast uh, supporter on buy me a coffee, some things you like. But, you know, there's nothing that would keep us from doing, you know, like a half hour Zoom call with our, our supporters. You guys can ask us questions. So sign up. Let us know what you're interested in. And we'll start putting out more stuff for you there uh, because we really do appreciate those of you who are using the Buy Me A Coffee. Uh, it, it really does help us out. So the link's below and it's buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. All right. Hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pierce Podcast on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. We are also Pierce Cast on Twitter and Clubhouse. You can always give us a call. 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. You can also shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. We apologize if we haven't been, haven't been able to get... Hey, I'm fumbling my words trying to say it so fast. We apologize for not getting back to you in time at times. we I, I got to tell you, as we're growing, <laughs> maintaining all the social media, poor Facebook, and, and also the emails and phone calls, it, it's, you know, it, it's... It's a lot, but we love it. Like, I'm never going to say don't because I always try to get back to all of you guys. So really appreciate that. And if you haven't yet, you know, on YouTube, we're dropping videos. Make sure to hit that subscribe and that bell notification. It always helps us out. Now, we usually talk about reviews and how we're grateful for reviews and we share reviews. But I want to share one of our YouTube comments. Ooh, let's hear it. I, I like this one because it's on my video. <laughs> somebody said, somebody said, this is Jeremy Adair said, nice. So the one guy that gave a thumbs down, sit there in your wrongness and be wrong. Yeah. So, hey, so make sure wrong. to hit that like button in our videos. It really helps us in the algorithm. That's right. And if on iTunes, you can really help us out. Uh, drop a review on there. We are the most uh, reviewed recently podcast. And we are, I don't know if I want to see the fastest, but we're definitely... We're getting there. And we're definitely the best podcast playing on your device right now. So that's saying something. <laughs> there you go. So thank you for all your support. We are grateful. All right. It is time for yeah. So important stuff. I'm glad that I had the news sound ready to go because I had to find it because I was getting some eBay sales and an offer up sale as oh, nice. we were doing the podcast, which is really exciting. Uh, but uh Enough of my sales. What's going on in the reselling community? Okay, so so we we had you know we had a nice brand deal with Photo Room that we we shared with all of our followers on Instagram last week. But we truly think Photo Room is a game changer. So this is why I wanted to talk about it because we're about helping you guys out. Like the dream is for us is that we're always able to get sponsorship and brand deal, so we never ever ever have to do you know non free content. We are committed to free content that's what we do that's what separates us uh, from many podcasts but photo room i wanted to talk about it right now if if you haven't used photo room it is a game changer like i'm, I'm still big on the light boxes i still use my big light box and my small a small light box but photo room has it's it, i hate saying this but it's better than a certain platform that has the white background removal because mm. it's just we can do multiple and it's smooth and it's quick. And I've been using it now pretty much on every listing. Yeah. And I have, um, I, I did a video on Instagram a while back of, uh, like a, a, a setup that I did where I just got some photo paper, some white photo paper, relatively inexpensive. I installed a bar so I could just pull it down. Well, I had a lot of big items to do and, 
The problem with that is you've got to get the lights right and there's still, there could be shadows and shadows are the like shadows linger. So, um, I, what I did is I just set up a regular table and I just pulled that thing down. And so the, the whites of the table and the white of the, the backdrop paper didn't match at all. There were lots of shadows. I didn't put any lighting on it. And I, I did like 10 big items all at one time. I just like threw the next one up, took a bunch of pictures and I used the photo room app and was able to just, I mean, it looks like I could, I could post, it looks like an Amazon infinite black listing or an infinite white backdrop. Like, you know, like a professionally done mm -hmm. it, super fast. It did them all. And I'm like, it, there's no way I could have got this quality. Even on most background removers, like a lot of times there's mistakes. And to be honest, like on the photo room, occasionally a picture will, it, it'll remove part of your image or maybe there's super a little bit rare though. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's easy enough to just like click the, the little fix button. You can fix it. When I was using remove.bg, um, more, a, a lot of times it would, you would have to upload the file one at a time. It would give you a smaller thumbnail and I had, I had to do a lot more manual fixing photo room, way fewer fix fixes I have to do. And it's really, really fast. And the fact that you can batch, it's super nice. And one thing I noticed is it's actually cheaper. Um, so we're, we're not, there's no link on this. We're not, we're not but here's saying the thing. If you do go to photo room and there's like, how'd you hear about us? It'd be awesome if you just said, yeah, let them know we sent you. That'd be cool. Uh, because we could put our link, but I, I, you know, I think they want to track our metrics on the social media. So we, that's why we're not dropping it here. Yeah. But um, so I think it's actually, if you've got an Android, a lot of people dog Android apps for stuff, but I think it's actually cheaper. Yeah, it could be. So, uh, so if you're an Android user, uh, you, you just know you can get photo room probably cheaper than on, on Apple. Cause I tried to put it on my wife's phone. I'm like, oh man, it's cheaper on my phone than yours. So yeah. And that's the thing. It's so good that we're going to actually use it for ourselves. Oh, yeah, I'm buying it for sure. So, all right. Hey, so just a heads up. So I, I started seeing this making the rounds on social media about the fact that people were trying to list. I saw it on Reddit. I saw it on Instagram. People were trying to list bicycle helmets, and then eBay was pulling those listings. Now, that might come as a surprise, but it's actually eBay policy. Uh, to not list used helmets. Yeah, it's very dangerous, honestly, because you never know. When I, I've been in a couple of small bike accidents, and even if you don't think you hit your head very hard, you're supposed to throw the helmet away and buy a new one because you don't know. Like the, the helmets are are rated to protect from a fall, but after any bit of damage to that helmet, even throwing a helmet down on the ground, dropping it too hard, any damage to the helmet the the structure of it could be damaged enough that it's no longer a safe helmet. So mm -hmm. it makes sense that they would pull it. Now it might stink if you're like, no, I know that this helmet is fine, but I wouldn't want to be responsible for buying a helmet at a garage sale and then selling it because it looks really good, but not knowing that the person like, you know, got upset one time and threw it across the room. And then now there's a crack inside in the foam and now it's not as safe. Yeah. They actually say in their safety policy that you could sell new pilot and new helmets but used helmets are not allowed. Like it's clear in their in their safety policy. So just a heads up. And and this is why I don't motorcycle helmets. Like once they've been in one accident or anything close, like they're no good. Right. That's why I've been super careful. And I know some of you that listen to us, you know, you follow us on Instagram and I've seen your posts and I know they sell. So I'm not saying, hey, you know, this is the end. Though. I'm just telling you, it says right here on their policy, new bike helmets, used bike helmets are not allowed. That's it. So if bike ones are, I'm pretty sure motorcycles uh, fit into that. So 
just want to give you guys a heads up because you know you don't want to go to garage sale or you buy out somebody and like you buy like a hundred used bicycle helmets from a bicycle store and then you're stuck. Yeah. So that'll help news. you guys out there. Bad news bears. All right. So we sounded like really positive about Facebook Marketplace, but I listened to something different because I feel that Facebook Marketplace is Craigslist online. Well, this Craigslist is, is online. I know, but okay. On social media, whatever you want to call it. Okay. okay. So this is what I'm noticing. This is why I still say eBay is the go-to. I, cause I've seen videos that saying that Facebook is going to overtake eBay or Facebook is going to be the end all. I think it's possible, but there's a few things. Now, some of the same things that happen on Craigslist is happening on, on Facebook, right? There's, you know, there's stories. This is in the last two weeks. I pulled up Facebook marketplace news and this is what I get. I get NYPD armed suspect accused of robbing Facebook marketplace sellers. Another headline I get woman loses $300 in alleged Facebook marketplace fraud. PSB warned others. And there's just a bunch of other stories. But to be fair, you can find all those articles for eBay as far as fraud, like someone getting fake stuff. Now the difference though, so here's what I think, Craigslist and Facebook. So if you're doing Facebook marketplace for local only, I could definitely see like, okay, it's maybe just a, a fancier, prettier version of Craigslist. But I think where people are seeing this happening is now that, that more and more people are getting comfortable with shipping. Can you imagine? So I think Facebook has maybe a little bit older uh, demographics than like Instagram and Instagram is a little older than obviously TikTok. But can you imagine the people who are like eBay, you know, they don't really, a lot of people aren't on eBay. A lot of people are, but most of my friends that I talk to, they don't, they don't buy things on eBay. They don't, but they're on Instagram all the time. They're on Facebook all the time. And if they get used to the fact that they can look up stuff and see like, oh, I can get this shipped to me for $4.99. I could see a lot of people wanting to buy things on Facebook. Yeah. The only, the only thing is that I've been on there and I've, been, I've bought stuff. And their 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 search function is is horrible. Uh, the second thing is there's so many scammers, like so many scammers. Like you'll go on there and you'll see something that's like they'll put a price, and then you'll go to it and they're like, "This isn't the price." Like they'll say they'll say basically they're trying to you know clickbait you to clicking on their link, right? Mm. Or like the other day, I went to go buy Harley shirts, and they're like one dollar, and they show a stack of five Harley shirts, and so I buy it. I'm like, sweet. It wasn't $1. I think it was like $10 and it was like five Harley shirts. So I'm like, sweet. I'll buy it. I buy it. Don't hear anything. Nothing happened. I get a message three years later. Oh, this item sold already. I'm like, wait, no, you asked for all my credit card information. I threw it in there. I bought it and I don't even get this item. Right. Uh, I also see a lot of fake stuff on there like galore. And so until uh, Facebook's algorithm, very able to catch those things, I would say, you know, I still think there's a comfort that people have with an established marketplace like eBay and like Amazon, right? Because yes, eBay and Amazon has scammers, but I got to tell you, I, maybe it's a San Diego thing, but every time I go on Facebook marketplace, I have to sift through so much junk to get to good stuff. Or on eBay, I can type it in. And within the first time I type it, I, what I want is exactly there. Yeah. Right. So, I'm just saying with hesitancy, you know, it doesn't hurt to sell on Facebook marketplace, but continue making eBay, you know, your trusted platform or Amazon, your trusted platform. And, you know, Poshmark is still good. It's still out there. Just know you're probably going to get less for a lot of items on Poshmark. Same with Macari. Uh, Depop is good for vintage gear. Like there, there's, there's a lot of strengths to a lot of these platforms, static X and go, but 
you know, just be aware because I, I find that a lot of people are hyping Facebook, but I don't, and maybe I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments. Say, Orlando, you're dead wrong. This is why I'm good. I'm fine hearing it, but I find that a lot of people are hyping Facebook and, and the hype, I don't think matches up with Facebook and maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So mm, time will tell. Um, I would say probably not a bad idea to at least get some items listed there for shipping. So if you're afraid of doing local, if you don't want to sell certain things local, because certain things I only do local, uh, bigger items and things. Uh, but I'm, you know, maybe not a bad idea to, if you're already cross posting, just load a few items on, uh, on Facebook marketplace and just see what happens. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it's better to, it's better to, to, to have your eggs in multiple baskets just in case. Speaking of that, I just saw a post on our Instagram that he said, my buddy just got 490 pounds for 50 bucks on Facebook marketplace. Ooh. I don't know what that is. Was that uh, weights? weights. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. we're talking about weights. But it, that's a deal. But with the weight market's going like this. It's tanking right yeah, now. It, but that's the thing is even even when weights tank. So yeah, it's tanking in the sense of they're not $3 a pound or $4 a pound like they were during the, the height yeah. of the pandemic. Uh, but even used weights, you're probably never going to get less than 75 cents, 50 to 75 cents a pound. Yeah. No, I think they still scored. But I just think it's funny because the moment I'm like throwing shade on Facebook, somebody's talking about how great Facebook marketplace is. Yeah, it's a, it's a sign. So there you go. All right. This was interesting. So this came out of a, what I'm going to share came out of a conversation I was having with the guy that I just dropped the YouTube video, uh, the other reseller, because him and I both sell vintage gear. Now, we're different than a lot of you know people on social media because we don't flex the, the vintage stuff that we share because the, fin the vintage space is, is very different. It's not like when we share about Merrill shoes and Danner shoes and so on. Like there is some kind of like it, it's very territorial. Like I've been to warehouses where you buy vintage gear and like, I don't talk to a single reseller there and those resellers don't talk to me. We don't, they don't even look at you. Like no one wants to know what you're picking up. And this is why a lot of vintage gear, you got to be careful. is subjective, meaning that comps don't always matter. It's, it's very much based on what the buyer is willing to pay for it, which is like for a lot of things, but you know, what separates one, we're talking about like, for instance, like right now there's a rise on like uh, some Betty Boop items, like shirts and stuff from like the 80s, 90s. And uh, my mom has a lot of stuff. So it's time to visit my mom. Oh, that sounds terrible. All right. Anyways. So <laughs> now we see. What Love you, mom. Is, no, Orlando. I feel bad. I've stayed away because of COVID and, you know, but it, maybe it's time to, you know, expedite my vaccine here. Um, So bad. This is not a comedy show. All right. So. Why, why are my hands up? I don't even know why my hands up. I was, I was comparing. Oh, what is the difference from one shirt to the next? Like, why, why is one shirt sell for 500 and one for a thousand? And sometimes it's not that there's comps. It's the fact that it's just based on what people are looking for at that moment in time. Or like some of these auctions that you see with these vintage tees, you're like, Hey, that's crazy that that shirt sold for that much. And it'll probably never happen again. So I came across this GQ article. And it talks about the rise of the faux bootleg tee. So I've talked about faux bootleg that, you know, there's a difference between bootleg and counterfeit. Bootleg can bring money because it's something unique that was created during a certain time. Counterfeit is against the law because it's trying to copy a real item. Yeah, it's using the same the same logo, the same branding, but it's fake. But the same design and everything. Right. Like Where you can use that brand on, on some creation that you make and it's bootleg. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, like, okay. For instance, you can make a concert tee or a Spider Man T shirt, right? But if you put like 
um, Disney parks resorts as the on the label, or Correct. if you or if you have That's a purse, it, yes. yeah, if you have a bag and the bag is like from a you know concert, or whatever. But if you have a bag and you put coach on it and you try and use the coach like pattern. Then that's that's a that's a fake. Yeah. So like Louis Vuitton. So Louis Vuitton. A lot of people repurpose Louis Vuitton. So they'll grab you know maybe a purse that has like a tear on it, and they'll t- take off the material and they'll create I don't know a pair of shoes or you know a cell phone case. It's bootleg, but it's still okay to sell, right? Now, thought this was interesting. So I'm reading this. So I'm gonna read a little bit of it. it. Says in the much observed NBA tunnel this season, basketball players far and wide have been following an unlikely trend. It looks like superstars from around the league have been plundering thrift stores for bootleg tees from the recesses of the late 1990s. So they said, you might have seen so-and-so with a blown-out photo- photograph of Whitney Houston, uh, godly emblazoned on his chest, or maybe uh, somebody was wearing uh, you know, an Allen Iverson oversized balloon letters. A few years ago, a few weeks ago, somebody was wearing you know, an overblown Jackie Robinson tea, lost in time look, uh, you know, that they got from the Salvation Army. So why did I bring this up? I do think, I, I think the t-shirt market is still still on the rise. Like it, it's it's obnoxious, you know, the prices, like anything. I mean, I don't think it's any more obnoxious, obnoxious than NFTs right now, okay? But be on the lookout because even the bootleg stuff, like the other day I was watching somebody's uh YouTube video uh and there was like the these certain tees. Uh do you ever seen those giant uh tags, the giant like uh whatever brand tag? It's like a tie and it says giant. Like I thought that was like bootleg stuff. Maybe it's real. Mm. Again, part of my ignorance. Okay. I know vintage, but I don't know vintage. Okay. And People were like buying those shirts for like 400, 500, 600, 700, right? But people are selling a lot of bootleg stuff. I'm seeing a lot of this happening in the TikTok space where you have influencers that aren't necessarily looking for just a vintage. They're just looking for something that looks vintage. Mm. And even it's a even if it's bootleg. So I'm finding it interesting because I, I look at eBay listings and bootleg is okay a lot. Right. And so the reason I bring this up is, you know, not like a bolo, but just be aware that the the market is just going to keep growing. Like, and you can spot these shirts. They're like, just like the designs are just outrageous. Like I'm seeing right now has like a massive Spike Lee face on it, or there's the Mike Tyson one that's pretty popular. And there's some other ones. And so just keep an eye. And I think as you know, I've talked about Harley, Harley is rising again because now it's, you know, becoming popular amongst, you know, TikTokers and social media influencers and so on. And uh, a lot of repurposing is going on too. So people are taking Harley gear, they're taking some of these 90 T's and they're making up and making them into like midriffs or they're you know, making them into tank tops, whatever. Like it, it's growing and growing and growing. So if you're in that vintage reselling space, couple of things, make sure you're aware that there, there may not be comps for certain things. So that doesn't mean that you pass up things. Maybe you just pick it up. We were talking Fernando and I were talking too that we had a bunch of 90s like Padre shirts with like the big cartoon heads mm. that like a couple of years ago, they weren't worth like 10 bucks. Now you can like sell them for 50 bucks if you get the right shirt. That's crazy. Even more. So keep an eye. All right. And uh, the last thing I want to share this real quick, uh, contacting eBay. Now we can call because we have, you know, concierge and I hate saying that because, you know, hopefully everybody will have access to some kind of concierge here coming soon. 
But what's some other ways you contact eBay before if you have an issue? Well, you can call and then um, there's also, what is it? The uh, the seller form or okay. something so, like that. I don't, okay. So I don't know why eBay does this, but like to get help as a seller, you have to go to the eBay seller center. Now, that should be like in Seller Hub, mm. right? It would make sense that under feedback, you click on something that says, hey, challenge the feedback. You, you can't do that. So if you go to just type in Google eBay Seller Center, it'll take you there. Now, you can go there and you click on request assistance uh, and you'll be able to get the help you need. Okay. So I actually, it's not eBay Seller Center. Hopefully you listen past that. It's eBay Seller Help. And it'll get you there. Now, that's one way. eBay and, seller help. Yeah, it's seller help. So I don't know why it took me to seller center. Yeah, seller help. And you click on go to request assistance. Why? And so when you go there, you can request to remove feedback. You can request to remove defects. You can request a seller increase limit, in, limit increase. You can report an issue with the buyer. And there's a few things. So it's a great tool. I've used it to remove negative feedback. It'll give you the outline, kind of like Amazon does, except you have to go to an entirely different website. The nice thing with this, I mean, sometimes it's nice just to talk with somebody, but we've seen a lot of people in comments and people have called us and told us that, you know, eBay will say they're going to do something on the phone and then it doesn't happen. The nice thing with a system like this where you're putting in a written request and then it goes in, you know, everybody hates when it's like your ticket has been opened, right? And it's like, yeah. well, it's, the nice thing is there is a paper trail, mm -hmm. right? And when there's a paper trail, chances of things being taken care of is higher and what they say is going to happen is going to happen because you can always go back and say, well, ticket number 1397 that you closed out, you hear the notes on there and you said you were going to do this and it's still on my account, right? So it's always nice to have that paper trail. Whereas if you just call, you don't really know. Now it is nice when you call, you're Which talking to somebody. a lot of people struggle calling. Like mm -hmm. sometimes they're just getting the voicemail, sometimes the phone number. Like when you try to go to help and try to call, you can't even call them sometimes. Mm -hmm. So this is why I'm saying go to eBay seller help. Now, the other option, I've shared this before, I want to share it again for a lot of our new listeners is message eBay for business on Facebook. They're knowledgeable and it gives you a great paper trail because you keep all the messaging that you do with that, you know, that other party on the other side, other end. So again, eBay seller help or Facebook message eBay for business, and they should get back to you and help you resolve your problems. I like it. All right, it is time for our next segment. Yeah, let me get that. Let me, uh, I, uh, I was, I was <laughs> following up on your sales. I was, there. I was busy looking at all my sales. So, my, uh, oops, don't want Discord, uh, custom right. soundboard. That's what I want. Are you saying we're working on a Discord? No. What's your bolo? Yeah, our bolos are going to be on our Discord. So, if you want to join our Discord, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, you go for it. I've talked a lot. All right. So, um, this is one that I so costume jewelry and then nice jewelry I know almost nothing about literally almost nothing and when we had our garage sale when we were moving into the fifth wheel uh, my wife was selling some of her costume jewelry and one guy I'm assuming a reseller you know he actually had like a a, a jeweler's loop and he was looking at some of this <laughs> stuff and he found one um one like ring and he like quickly like grabbed it and was like holding on to it. And he's like, how much for this? The ring. And, and he actually, he didn't, he didn't. Uh, it's precious. He didn't say <laughs> the one ring. He didn't even ask us what the price is. He's all, will you take 20 for this? My wife's like, yeah. Right. So he throws it in his pocket, gives us the money, walks away. I was like, holy cow. Was that like a really good ring? And she goes, no, it's just a fake Tiffany. And I'm mm. like, 
and we didn't feel bad. She's like, I, he offered 20 and I said, sure. Right. And he didn't ask, like, is it real or anything? So I'm very, I'm, I'm cautious, but I heard that name, Tiffany. I'm like, okay, so this is obviously a, uh, a, like a brand that well, people Tiffany's buy. A good brand. Tiffany and co. Right. So I'm at a garage sale and I'm looking <laughs> through like a, there's a tote with like toys and books in it and some, and two shoe boxes. So I open up the shoe boxes. I'm digging through them, seeing some watches. I'm looking up these watches. Well, then I find a Tiffany and co box and it's like, Super nice. It's got that bluish, greenish, whatever it is. Open it up, and there's two things inside. One's in a bag, one's not. And one, it's a, there's a bracelet and a necklace, and they're like thick chain, sterling silver, and it says on it, return to Tiffany & Co. with like a year. And so these are like vintage. They're, they're like 20, 30 years old. They're a little bit older. And based off of what else was in the shoebox, because I looked up some of the watches, and the watches had like receipts, and like one of the watches had like, um, like work done on it from the place and it had a receipt in there. So I'm like, obviously this person has like real stuff, mm -hmm. right? So I'm asking for prices on all these things. And only thing I ended up walking away was with the, was the Tiffany and co stuff. And I'm, I have no way of knowing hundred percent it's real. I'm gonna have to do some more research, but I'm, I'm like 99% based off of like the other stuff she had in this box. And I asked, I did say, is this real Tiffany and co? And she's like, yeah. Um, so I'm obviously gonna do a little bit more research, but I paid, uh, $35 for, for two, for a, a necklace and a bracelet that together I should be able to sell for like close to $300, nice. $250, $300. So this is one of those things that I would have normally just passed up. I normally don't look at necklaces and bracelets nine, nine times out of 10, I'm going to see a box of this stuff and I'm just going to walk right past mm -hmm. it. But I saw that name and I had heard it and I, my wife had said it before. And so now you better believe that I'm going to have my, my eyes out for Tiffany and co stuff and, or Tiffany, I don't know if it's Tiffany and co. I don't I'll have to look more into that. So you, you do some research on my bolo. Okay. Look, <laughs> look, I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm not saying I'm the jewelry expert. I'm just saying that this is a brand that sells because the comps were outrageous and, uh, and you never know what you'll find. Now, I have a friend of mine that lives nearby and makes a ton of money on costume jewelry. And he knows he probably and I don't think Tiffany's costume jewelry. I think no, Tiffany no. is like like legit like. But I'm just throwing out there that even jewelry. costume jewelry yeah, in costume. itself could be could yeah be a bolo. That's that's one of my plans. Depending on what it is. Yeah, that's one of my plans this year is to to buy a jeweler's loop, learn to what to look for, learn you some brands, those guys, and uh, and and learn learn some costume jewelry. And of course, like, it would be nice if I could see find some real silver and gold and that kind of stuff. Uh, but even if I'm just like, oh, here's a piece of vintage costume jewelry. But again, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm leaving money on the table every time I walk by a table full of jewelry or boxes full of jewelry and I just have no idea. Yeah, no, I get it. I do the same thing. But so. if you see Tiffany, might be worth picking up or it might be a fake. So <laughs> do your research. Do your research. All right. So my bolo is a weird one because I never thought I would ever utter these words. Skylanders. Yeah, I didn't think you'd ever utter those words either. Honestly. Or word. <laughs> Here's the thing. So when Toys R Us was liquidating three years ago, whatever it was, there was so much Skylanders, Imaginators, stuff. Like I see Skylanders in, in garage sales all the time. Like all kinds, like brand new in box, like pennies on the dollar. I skipped all of it. All of it. I didn't pick up any of it. And sure enough, it was worthless for a long time. Two years ago when the Nintendo Switch came out, I bought one for my son. And then I bought three uh, packs of there's Skylanders, Imaginators, starter set for the Switch. It was like 100 bucks a piece. I put it on eBay to sell. I don't even think it was 100 bucks. It might have been less. Put it on eBay to sell. Never sold. I just went back and I returned them all. 
stuff is selling mm-hmm. for good money. So how do I know this? So catch our YouTube. There's one guy on there, Chaos, that you'll you'll spot him if you can find him in the video. He 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 was selling for 40. I actually listed him and he sold in less than 24 hours. I paid $30 for all of those calendars in there, and it sold within 24 hours for 55 bucks. Used. Okay. Started looking up some others. There's money. Then I saw one of the starter sets that I was like, I was interested. And so the Nintendo Switch one that I had picked up that I was going to resell now is selling for close to $300. Wow. New and sealed. The PS4 ones, good money. And there's some of the older, like 2014 ones. I think there's 2012 ones. There's like the giant set. There's like different kinds. I'm like learning all this Skylander stuff. But man, some of those are good money. So a lot of them are junk. I mean, that big pile I had, there's a bunch of, and I, and I feel bad because people were hitting me up wanting to buy this calendar set and I was willing to offload all of it. And I, uh, I'm, by the time of this now podcast, through it. I maybe have sold them all or maybe I decided to just hold on to them. I feel really bad because I was planning on that. And then I sold that one. I'm like, maybe I need to hold on and, and sort through some of these first. Uh, but well, I need to start double double checking Skylanders now. Yeah, I I hate sharing bottles like that because I would say probably ninety percent of them are worthless. Mm. But if they're new and sealed, there's a certain ten percent that are worth good money. Mm. All right, what are you looking forward to here? Okay, so uh, you did the last video on that haul. Uh, I'm working on our next YouTube video drop, and I'm gonna do a series. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm planning four videos, but it might end up going a lot longer depending on how this takes me. Uh, but we talked about costume jewelry as being something mm-hmm. I don't know anything about. Another thing that I see all the time and I don't really know anything about is tools. Mm-hmm. And I I did not grow up using tools and having lots of tools. Almost all of the tools I have are Harbor Freight, like just cheap or like, you know, buying at Walmart, like a set that comes with everything. Yeah. And it's like 15 bucks for, and it's like, oh, I got a tool set now. And so... My tools are junk. People, I've heard people call Harbor Freight tools uh, knuckle busters because uh, yeah. while you're in the middle of twisting something, it breaks and you slam your 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 knuckles on whatever it is you're working on. And so I've had that happen. I was actually working on something the other day and my ratchet broke mid like crank and I was pretty frustrated. And I'm like, you know what? I see tools at probably 30% of the garage sales I go to are nothing but tools vintage tools, woodworking tools. And every time I go to the swap meet, there's, there's tables of tools. And I feel like I just see them. And I've, I've always in my mind said, I'm saving time by just walking past it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saving time. I'm not wasting any time on tools, but I see so many people digging through tools. I'm like, I need to learn this. So I've spent the last uh, couple of days watching YouTube videos, watching YouTube videos, reading eBay comps, and actually out at thrift stores and garage sales and swap meets looking at tools and I'm starting to, I feel like I'm getting base knowledge. And so the series that I'm going to do is basically learning with Mike, learning a new niche. And I'm going to do, I'm going to watch 20, 30, 40 hours of, of content and research and all the stuff that I'm going to do. And I'm going to distill it down to like 10 minutes. Here are the takeaways that I've learned and you guys can help me learn more about tools. And I'm hoping that by the time I get through this four video set, that I at least come out of this with a decent competency in tools. Obviously, I'll barely be scratching the surface. But if I find after putting that much work into it that I hate tools, I don't like doing this, then I won't do it anymore. But that might open up a new door Mm. because even this last time at garage sales, I've, for the first time ever, picked up some SK and Craftsman tools and I'm getting them at pretty 
okay prices. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like I, my plan is I'm going to put these tools in my toolbox, actually get things organized, list them. And when they sell, I'll sell it, ship it out. In the meantime, I've got quality tools. So I'm going to slowly build up my own collection, learn about tools, learn about woodworking, all of this stuff, because I feel like I'm just leaving money on the table literally when I walk by tables of tools. Yeah. I mean, I pick up like Snap-on and Matco, like those are easy ones, but there's a lot that I don't know. Well, especially when you're looking at like vintage, like uh, I've I've been seeing like like wood lathe or like yeah, wood I, I would have no idea wood um, scraping things and it's like yeah I don't know anything about those but then when you see like this one thing sold for 150 or 170 it's like I don't know anything about that stuff and I'm walking by it and so if I can at least get can I thumb up our own video once I watch it that's right <laughs> yeah by the time we're done uh, I'm gonna be a um, much less than expert I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be what's what's like ten steps below an expert, but I'm going to be on my way. I don't know. That's right. And if you want to, if you want to grow with me or if you want to join in and help me learn, right? So I'm, I'm expecting some of you who are like, I'm already a tool seller. Maybe you can jump on and watch that YouTube video. Uh, So if you're listening to the podcast, you're watching this right now, take a, take a moment out of your time when that video drops, watch it and maybe critique me. Let me know what are some things I'm missing? What are some of the top uh, tools you've done? Uh, And we can all, you can help us learn together. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. There you go. All right. So mine's uh, some of the same old, same old. <laughs> I'm going to break 2,500 listings by the next time. Like, I'm not just saying that, like, that's my goal. It's going to happen. So I'm almost at 2,400. Speaking it into existence. No, get out of here. So I, 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 I'm already at almost 2,400. I have well over a hundred items. I, it's, it's, it's a done deal. So I'm happy about that, but I still don't, I want to get to 3,000 by summer, whether it's midsummer, late summer. I don't know. And the other thing is, I am running out of space for my inventory. My storage unit is scary. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might have to get another storage unit. I may have to take over a room in my place. Like I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's, a, it's, getting, it's getting kind of intense right now. And uh, it's, a good, it's a good problem to have. Uh, I, I've, you know, I, I've been sharing this a lot that... There's two ways to sell on eBay. It's fast nickel where you're selling fast, but you're always sourcing. Or for me, it's I call it the relaxed method where the larger the inventory you have, you don't always feel this pressing need to be listing and to be sourcing because you're still getting consistent sales because you have a lot of inventory out there that people want to buy as long as you're sourcing the right items. Uh, but yeah, I got um, to figure out space because I'm noticing it's... I probably have a good... Like once I hit 3,000... It's going to be interesting with the space. I think you should do a clean out. I think you should go through your inventory and like fire sell everything or go to a swap meet and and list the stuff that's like sitting and dead, like kind of dead stock for you. No, because it still sells for good profit. Like I'm I'm a big believer, list it and forget it. As long as you, you're low cost, uh, you're, you're still going to make good profit on everything. But I mean, I agree to an extent because when you when you you're talking about, you know, the fees, you know, okay, insertion fees on this over the course of 10 years before it sells, you know, you've only paid $10 or $15. But uh, if you're also talking about another storage unit, right? Like it starts to add up. Yeah. But as long as the income covers, I'm good. I I don't know. I think you have a valid point. I just have to weigh what I'm going to end up doing, or I just got to move, which I've been wanting to move. But if you know anything about real estate right now, it's a tough time. Yeah, I'm one of the the the, the person I actually bought the uh, the nice archery set, the recurve bow, and, and the whole set from. The reason they were moving uh, or selling a bunch of stuff is because 
they had a nice house, they had a ton of stuff, and it's the best time to sell. They're selling and they're mm-hmm. moving into an RV and they're like, we're just going to bank this money until the market drops. Like people, it, the market's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So, so anyways, we'll see. We'll keep you guys posted. We'll see what happens. Hey, hopefully this episode brought you value. So we talked about so much, but we love doing these update episodes. So as always, hey, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast and check us out on YouTube. Yeah. Make sure to hit those, you know, that thumbs up every single time. Help us out in the algorithm. And uh, with that being said, make sure you be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Peace. Peace.